The number one team survives Michigan. Michigan State picks up a win over Iowa, and we've got a big weekend coming up in Big Ten basketball. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about what's going on in the conference every single day of the week. Coming up on today's show, we've got recaps of basketball from yesterday, previews of basketball coming up this weekend as we take a look at everything going on around the Big Ten landscape. It's a whole lot of basketball as of late. Before we dive into things, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. All right, let's start to get into things here on Locked On Big Ten. Purdue picks up a win over Michigan, five-point victory for the Boilermakers. Uh, Purdue went on a big run in the first half that ended up putting them up double digits. They would never give up that lead the rest of the way. And while, again, Michigan made it close a couple of different times, and it was close at the very, very end, Purdue was also doing a pretty good job consistently keeping Michigan at arm's length. Uh, Zach Eadie was outstanding in the first half. I think he had 15 of what ended up being 19 points in the first 20 minutes. But that means that in the second half, Michigan did a pretty good job of slowing him down. Uh, Hunter Dickinson actually outscored him. He got 21 in the loss for the Wolverines. And if you ask me, at least again in that second half, he did a perfectly fine job in slowing Edie down. I don't know what adjustment was made, but he was a little bit more uncomfortable throughout that entire second half. So I was really interested to see how that matchup would play out against two of the premier bigs in the Big Ten. So Edie does okay, but it was a story of two halves for him. As far as total team stats, nothing looks all that peculiar on the scorecard. Purdue shot well, uh, over 50% from the field. But as far as anything that really sticks out on what Michigan could have done better, it wasn't all that big of a difference. There was a 34-26 rebounding advantage in favor of Michigan, but also on the other side, they had a disadvantage in turnovers, 12-6. to So that evens out at least the possessions there a little bit more. Uh, Michigan took more shots than Purdue, and if they had shot a little better, of course, probably wins this game. But Again, it was Purdue who was leading for pretty much all of this matchup. And a lot of people would say that if they watched the whole game, it wasn't quite as close as the final score made it look out to be, at least for most of the time that you were watching. Uh, the biggest, though, I guess, stats that stick out as to why Purdue was able to win this game and take a lead early and hold on to that lead while Zach Eady wasn't doing much in the second half, too, is because the support was there. Uh, the two freshman guards in the backcourt for Purdue, they ended up combining for 27 points. Uh, on the bench for Purdue, 23 points to add on to it. So those two stats, just on their own, pretty much put Purdue over the hump to beat Michigan in this game. Uh, it was a good, close battle at the very end again, but Purdue had really controlled throughout. And by the time we got to the end of it, Michigan was able to keep things at least a little bit close and made things interesting in the last couple of minutes. But 
I think there was one thing that was just pretty obvious as you watched this game, and that's that as Purdue was holding off Michigan without Zach Eady doing too much and the bench was outscoring him, you just kind of realized that Purdue's an all-around more talented and deeper team than what the Wolverines have. That, that was the biggest takeaway, at least from what I saw, because for Michigan to lose this game by as little as it did was kind of impressive. It's not something that was that close between these two teams, if I'm being honest with you. And what I kept th- thinking about was the fact that in the preseason polls, Michigan was ranked higher. Because I'll plead for the talent of every team out there, and I know Michigan has talent on that roster too, but it has not been playing up to the expectation that was on it going into the season. And while I still believe Michigan's good, I mean, it's just lost by five to the number one team in the country, and Jet Howard wasn't out there. But it's running out of time to try and figure things out now. And I don't think this team gets good soon enough to be able to make it up to make the tournament. So for Michigan, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty here. You can't really, really put down too much a loss to the number one team in the country again. But you have to realize that now is the time that you need to get wins. You need to stay up near the top of the Big Ten standings if you want to have any chance in an at-large bid come Selection Sunday. So as far as where they're at right now, Purdue's just a better team. And in what this game was, it ended up just being a game between two teams in which one was a little bit better. Uh, In Michigan State and Iowa, really good back-and-forth matchup between these two teams. Uh, In the second half, nobody led by more than six points. 63-60 to won the final score in favor of Michigan State. And the 63-59 to score in which they scored their final points of the game was when they took their largest lead of the game at four points. Just a really fun game to watch. And we've been seeing that as a bit of a trend here in the Big Ten. Games in which teams are playing really competitive basketball, really hard-nosed basketball, basketball that goes down to the very end, but not necessarily the best basketball. Like, if you asked Iowa and you asked Michigan State, Both of them would tell you there was a way for them to win this game by 10 to 15 points. They did not bring out the A games when they hit the floor. And the final score reflects in that, 63-61. We've had quite a few different scores in that kind of a range. And to be fair, it is partly just good defense. Michigan State gives up less than 66 points per game as a team. So there's that part of it. But when I see teams not hitting 70 I'm thinking, okay, that's a team that's offensively getting bothered, sure, but at the same time, maybe just hasn't quite figured out everything that it wants to do yet. I'm wanting to see which of these Big Ten teams, outside of Purdue, of course, because Purdue's the top team in the country, which one of them is going to step up and show me that their offense can get through and win games, even if things aren't going great, let's say, shooting the ball. Whose offense sets up the best where they can get the more high percentage shots and fight through a bad shooting day or if something else isn't going their way like rebounding or stuff like that? Who who has the offensive system set up to take over? Because we've seen good defense in the Big Ten. There is good defensive teams in this conference, but we're also still sitting on a conference that right now 
has only that one top four seed in the bracket projections in Purdue. If someone else wants to break into that, say, top 25 or whatever it is, top 20, top 16 that make the top four seeds in the tournament, you're going to have to have more offense than what we've seen out of these teams, at least consistently. It's the reason why like, I get excited about the way that Indiana's been playing lately, even though they had a rough one against Minnesota this week. The way that they've been playing on offense is what we've been talking about, them doing it for 40 minutes. That's what they had been missing. If someone can get that kind of next level on offense, then you can see a team start to really, okay, take over ownership of the second best team in the Big Ten. Because right now, it's still a pretty open race. And a team like an Iowa or a Michigan State is a team I can believe can do it. But I, I just need to see more consistency on the offensive end from some of these teams that are playing some really good defense. Another note on the Iowa side, if you're a Hawkeye fan, you've got to be concerned about who's playing and how much in these games. I, I'm going to have to talk to Trent Condon about this at some point, but Iowa had four starters play at least 35 minutes in this game against Michigan State, a game that ends up being a two-point loss. They had basically a six-man rotation. A seventh and eighth guy both got like five minutes in this game. But how far can you rely on Iowa being able to go if that's what they have to do? Because Iowa has players. I mean, these guys who are playing these minutes, Chris Murray, Philip Racha, Tony Perkins, Connor McCaffrey. I mean, these are guys who can play the game, but they can't do it alone. Six deep is not a formula for winning in the Big Ten. And if you want to lose close games, like one against Michigan State that ends up going down to the wire, you're going to have to have some fresh legs at some point. So I don't know what this ends up being at the end of the season for Iowa. I mean, it seems like at this point, I again, I'll have to talk to Trent Condon, but I'm really interested to figure out what exactly is going on with Iowa doing something like that in a close game like that. And we'll see what ends up happening. I mean, when you're having that many players playing that many minutes at any point in the season, it usually is a really, really clear sign about a lack of confidence in the depth from a head coach. So we'll see what ends up happening as we go on with Iowa. And again, we'll talk to Trent Condon probably about that. So a couple of games we go over here on Locked On Big Ten, a couple of games coming up over the weekend that I want to highlight and look at as there are more bubble teams with their potential tournament hopes on the line with each and every game. We're going to get into that here in just a minute on Locked On Big Ten. But first, the NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Yeah, the math doesn't make sense, but it's true. Place a $5 bet, you get $150 in free bets coming your way. All you have to do is sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel has all your favorite bets from the money lines to point spreads, player props. If you want to bet on Big Ten games and every line that you hear on the show is from Fanduel, you can do it over at fanduel.com. It's all on the app or on the website that's also easy to use. 
So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And also, thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. Once you're done here, be sure to tune in to Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from the big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we reviewed the latest games. Let's preview what's coming up here this weekend. Big Ten gets the day off on Friday because a whole lot of teams in action on Saturday and Sunday. First off, let's start by getting where we're at from Joe Lenardi and Bracketology. All sorts of Bracketologists out there nowadays. Joe Lenardi still my go-to guy. Purdue is the number one seed in the tournament, according to Joe. After that, of course, you have the big drop down that we talked about. Rutgers is second at five, a five seed. That is Indiana is a six seed along with Illinois. Michigan State's a seven seed. Iowa is a nine seed. Maryland's a 10 along with Northwestern. And Wisconsin's the last team in as it stands as a 12 seed. That marks nine Big Ten teams in tournament. That is two less than the last time we talk about it because two have fallen out. Ohio State, with their latest loss to Illinois, has fallen into the first four out. And Penn State is now in the next four out after they suffered a big, big loss earlier this week. So what exactly happens next in the Big Ten? Well, there are a bunch of teams, of course, right on that bubble with games this weekend. Uh, Northwestern. Currently a 10 seed is hosting Minnesota on Saturday. That's a game, of course, they want to win. Also another game you want to win. Maryland, a 10 seed right now hosting Nebraska. Those two games, that's against the bottom two teams in the Big Ten. When you're looking at a matchup against one of these 12 teams right now that are still at least good enough, you think, to compete every single time out, you don't know what's going to happen. So when you get one of those two teams in Nebraska and Minnesota, they've both been plenty pesky too, but they have not picked up the same wins as everybody else. And you need to be able to beat those two teams when you face them. Those two teams, Northwestern, Maryland, current 10 seeds in the projections, those losses would be big hits and the wins are just nice little resume boosters to get them further away from the edge. Ohio State has a tough one tomorrow night at Indiana. Again, Buckeyes are in the first four out right now. That's going to be a big game tomorrow night. That doesn't interfere with anything else on the Big Ten calendar for tomorrow. So you can tune into that one in what should be a pretty good matchup and with a really hot Indiana team. Interested to see how Ohio State responds. Other game on Friday that's going to matter is Wisconsin, the last team in. Maybe the most important game as far as where a team can move up and down in one day, they've got in Illinois, currently a six seed and currently playing pretty good basketball after they beat Ohio State in a game that was not as close as the final score indicated. So those are the big teams on the bubble on Saturday. Also one game on Sunday, Penn State, a team that is in the next four out right now, slipping away from the NCAA tournament, facing off against a Michigan team equally as desperate for a win. That's going to be a really interesting Sunday to finish up the Big Ten slate between those two teams. But the Saturday is stacked with teams that need wins in this weekend. Northwestern, 
Wisconsin, Maryland, Ohio State, all teams that are going up against, in half of the cases, teams they should beat, or in the other half, two of the top teams in the Big Ten. It's Indiana and Illinois are both projected for six seeds, and that puts them within the top four in the current projections in this conference. It's going to be a really fun weekend of basketball. We are getting into the last month of the regular season. Every single game matters a huge, huge, huge amount. Northwestern hopefully wins. Maryland hopefully wins. Wisconsin could buy itself some breathing room if it beats Illinois on Saturday. And that's, I think, again, the most important game that we have here this weekend. If you look at Illinois and you're looking for hope as a Wisconsin fan, again, one of the better teams in the Big Ten right now, but hasn't beaten anyone terribly good as of late besides Michigan State. The wins they have, uh, Maryland, team that has not been all that great, or at least not as good as we thought they were a few weeks ago before they had taken some tough losses. Uh, Wisconsin's losses have becoming, been coming to teams who have been looking better as of late. Uh, uh, sorry, Maryland team was a Maryland team looking a little better after a couple wins most recently. Uh, Northwestern's gotten a couple wins as of late. They've floated off the bubble. Uh, Michigan State, another team that has been back down and now up again after getting some nice Big Ten wins as of late. Wisconsin's back at home. They've played three of their last four on the road. They've been playing teams on the road for the last almost two weeks now. They get to be back home in a game that they, again, need and illinois comes in as a road favorite but only a one point road favorite so this is a game that the experts think could be close wisconsin needs it wisconsin could be getting a little bit healthier too and closer to full strength as well if wisconsin gets back to what it was i believe that team's really good but they need to have guys healthy they need to have guys stepping up like chucky hepburn Chucky Hepburn has 15 points over the last two games combined. Uh, Coach Greg Gard had said he's being a little bit too passive with the basketball. So have your leaders step up, pick up a nice win at home against Illinois. You've got yourself a chance to get yourself some breathing room. But it's going to be a tough task because I really do like what Illinois looked like against Ohio State in that game. Now, if Illinois gets a little sloppy with how fast they like to get, if Wisconsin plays some pretty signature good defense and is able to keep Illinois at bay, this could be a fun one down the stretch. But I also see a situation where Illinois treats Wisconsin in a similar way that it treated Ohio State earlier this week. But again, I think that's the biggest game of the weekend. Outside of, if you're talking about just desperation, that Penn State-Michigan game at the end, whoever loses that game is not going to be happy with how they enter February. All right, let's take another quick look at some news around the Big Ten before we end things. A uh, quick look at the schedule for the day here. As far as Friday, a whole bunch of men's hockey and good men's hockey, but the two biggest games, number 15, Michigan State, is up against number two, Minnesota, in Minneapolis, and also number seven, Michigan, is hosting number six, Penn State. And in wrestling, biggest matchup of the year. Number one, Penn State. Number two, Iowa. It's going to be a good one. We're going to have to talk about it and see who ends up taking that one. But it is something that I just am a fan of. But as far as technical stuff, I am absolutely clueless. So we will talk wrestling at some point. 
I need to find somebody who can do it. So that'll be on the to-do list for me. That's a look at everything going on on Locked On Big Ten. Only other news from around the Big Ten. The conference has found an organization, Turnkey ZRG, to assist in finding the next commissioner of the conference. An organization that has, honestly, as a consulting firm, I suppose, I guess you would call it, helped out a whole lot of other big sports names find some big name jobs. Uh, they helped find the commissioners for the Big 12, Pac-12, ACC, president of the NCAA, CEO of U.S. Soccer. So the record is extensive, to say the very least. That's the latest on what's going on a lot around the Big Ten. I'm Nate Dickinson, here with Locked On Big Ten. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single day, and today, of course, counting too. When you're done here, be sure to head over to Locked On College Basketball. Uh, experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the college basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in to Locked on Big Ten and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, too, on YouTube and on Twitter as well. It's at Locked on Big Ten, one zero at the end when you're typing it, not T-E-N. I'm Nate Dickinson, at Nate with Sports with Locked On.